God's people on today's show, we take it to another Lavelle and welcome back my occasional co-host Lavelle Neal as he joins me to discuss the McDonald's movie entitled The Founder and we do a complete breakdown of this movie and relate it to you being an entrepreneur or Christian with finances and wolves and sheep clothing and everything in between. Please check us out on inspiregodspeople.com and right now you should sit back, relax and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire guys, Inspire guys, the, the, the My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Hopefully the show has been blessing you during this lockdown, quarantine, wherever you are, city, state, country, so on and so forth. We are definitely continuing to send our prayers to you and your family. And hopefully this show is something that will inspire you in the midst of all of this. That's my job. That's what I'm trying to do. And today is no different. Um, I have a topic, you know, a discussion that I've been wanting to have for quite some time, you know, with my homeboy Lavelle. Lavelle is call- calling into the show today, or I'm calling him from the studio. And we're going to have this discussion about the McDonald's movie, the joint called The Founder. And this mug is going to, like, maybe challenge you. It's like anyone that's an entrepreneur for sure needs to listen to this, or if you're just a Christian that Christian that struggles with knowing your value when it comes to like finances and things like that, we're going to talk a little bit about some money and protecting your business and all that good stuff. And it's a good old time because it's me and Lavelle. Y'all know how we do. We um, are disrespectful to each other, can't stand each other. And we brothers at the same time. Before I jump into the conversation with Lavelle though, I got to do a quick what in the world. Like, I saw something today that just took me back. And I'm like, you know, I haven't done a what in the world segment in a while. So we're going to kick the show off with a what in the world. We're going to come back. We're going to jump into this interview with Lavelle. And let me just say this. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the show. Please check us out at inspireguidespeople.com. You can listen to the show directly from our website. Go to the drop-down box, select podcast. And you can listen to every single episode. If this is your first time listening, don't let it be your last. We love you and appreciate you for being here. And don't try to skip none of my show either. Like, listen to everything we say. Because we're going to say some good stuff. God's people, I saw something today that just threw me completely off, right? So here's the thing. Since we've been in this little lockdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, stay at home order, whatever they, you know, whatever. Um, since that's been going on, I've been abiding, but I, I'm so busy. You feel me? Like, 
I'm I'm working. You know, I can work on the inside. I can get a lot of stuff done. So I've been super busy. I have rarely turned on the TV. And, um, you know, like usually it's sports, but it's no NBA. It's no LeBron. It's no Lakers. What am I going to do right now? You know what I'm saying? So I don't even turn the TV on. So today I'm like, you know what? Let me turn on, you know, the sports station and see what's going on. And I saw something that blew me away. Okay. I saw the NBA for video games. I'm like, wait a minute. It's called the NBA 2K League. This is professional video basketball players. And I'm talking about they on TV. They making thousands of dollars. They got commentators. And I'm like, what am I missing? What? What? I should have got better at the game. What in the world is going on with professional video gamers on TV. I'm like, all right, so it's two sides of this. Number one, this lets you know that they literally have nothing better to do on ESPN. Like, at this point, I want to say the other day, somebody told me they saw a rock-throwing com- uh, competition on ESPN. I Look, I just seen on there that they playing games from the 70s and 80s, okay? <laughs> they are playing. They literally just make, what can you, somebody just be on TV, okay? So shout out to these dudes. It blew me away. Now I'm like, this is a very challenging situation because I can remember growing up and the whole thing was like, get off that game and go do some homework. Get off that game and go do this. So like parents, how are y'all handling the fact that your son could go to the video game NBA now? This would be a challenge for me. I'm just going to be all the way 100. I don't have kids yet. I'm going to just keep it extra crispy with you. If I had kids right now, I'm going to be like, do this little guy got a better chance of learning trigonometry or learning how to play 2K? We going to go ahead and take our chances with the PlayStation, okay? We, we going to put Junior on. I'm just I'm really joking because my kids will be bright. But what I'm saying is that this is hilarious to me. These guys, shout out, first of all, shout out to these guys. Anyone who could successfully create a career out of video games, oh, you got my respect. I don't know how you get that good. Like, I've always been decent at video games, but I've never been, like, expert level great. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a good Madden player back in the day, but I ain't like, I mean, I'm not going to beat everybody. I'm, I'm good enough to be on the sticks, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to win a couple games, but it's people that just get deep in it. I just thank God that now you can finally make a career out of wasting time playing video games. Shout out to y'all. That blew me away. And now it's time to get, you know what? Let me just, let me hit up my boy Lavelle. Let's get Lavelle on the phone. And let's talk about this movie and the McDonald's Ray Kroc story, The Founder. The Founder. The Founder. You know what? All right. I was going to be petty and not play his theme music since he not in studio. And this ain't really that segment. But you know what? I'm going to be a nice guy. Mostly because I haven't heard this song in a while. And I know some of y'all like this theme song. It's time to take it to another Lavelle. Thank you. It's time to go. Song, y'all. 
Hello? I mean, was you going to answer the phone, bro, or not? Oh, my bad. My bad, my bad. Uh, uh, you know, I, you know. What what could you possibly be doing? Uh, my, my phone answer when they want to. It's like mm. it's like a cat. <laughs> well, we know you got enough of those, so we've done <laughs> done a whole episode uh, about y'all and these cats. So hopefully the cats. And are I have more. You, oh, you have more <laughs> since? Oh no, no, not more, not more cats. Oh, okay. Oh, more cat stories. Ah, okay, brother. Right, well, uh, I will be looking forward to those, man. How you feeling today? You all right, bro? You, welcome to the show, man. Welcome to Inspire Guys People uh, remote, you know, remotely. You know, you used to being in my studio. And thank God it feels refreshed in here. Like, I don't know. I feel like a, a lift in my spirit not to have you here, man. What's going on? Okay, so this is awkward. I thought you were just calling to chop it up. I didn't know. Hey, God, people. <laughs> Brother, when I call, when, you. When, when you see my number, just know you could be potentially wired into the podcast, all right? <laughs> you are loaded right in the studio. They hear everything you're saying, so watch your mouth. Wow. Brother. Wow. All right, well, let me finish. Let me finish prophesying. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. So, look, you know, today... You know, we are going to finally kick it about this movie, The Founder. And, yeah. you know, just so people know, like, you know, this is something, number one, a lot of stuff that's happening with the show, thank God, is like stuff, that, ideas that I've had over the last year or so. And timing is everything, you know? So I just thank God for good timing uh, with, the, with all the lockdowns and the quarantines and stuff. It's like ideas are just flowing out from the past, right? Woo! Hey! That's hey, a word, hey, ain't it? Hey. I'm feel, I told you, is, I, told you I feel something now that you ain't here. No, nah, but um, look, man, I wanted to, you know, talk about this with you just off the simple fact that you have your degree in theater from Wayne State University. You know what I'm saying? First off, um, and then yes, you sir. just like number one, I thank God that you have a de degree in theater because I've never <clears> met someone that watches as many movies as you until <clears> I met <throat> Alex. Like until I got cool right. with Alex. Y'all two are on another level. Yeah. So I remember when you introduced us, man. You you were like waiting, and and we jumped right in. I don't remember what movie we were talking about, but we literally jumped right in. The dumbest movie. Uh, Alex asked me if I had seen some movie, and I was like, uh, no, but I know someone who has. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, and you had seen the movie, but. Um, I just thank God you got some education behind all this movie watching you do. You and your wife, um, bless your sister, daughter, you know, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Y'all y'all are under y'all are under my authority. So um, no, but <laughs> you and your wife have like a movie pass. Like y'all y'all the only people I know who like pay like a monthly set price and y'all can go to the show whenever y'all want to. Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, well you still before this court right yeah before the virus came and messed up y'all whole little, little movie going experience but yeah so i just i'm letting people know that's how much you love movies um this, well oh, well ironically and i know this isn't what the show is about today but ironically uh we met doing theater huh that is true yeah you and your wife oh, met no? on the stage so look just bring it it's coming well rounded like this man loves theater this show is all about balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. And I was thinking, like, 
you know, what better way to talk about something? Because this movie, The Founder, which is the story of McDonald's, right? The restaurant mm-hmm. that we all know and, you know, a lot of y'all eat there. And that's cool. Um, but this story of McDonald's, I'm like, I love business. And I just feel like there was so much from a business perspective, like that any entrepreneur needs to watch this movie if you haven't seen it. And if you didn't watch it from the standpoint of business, need to see it again. Then I'm like, well, Lavelle loves movies in general. He's a theater guy. So let's talk about this movie from every angle, from business, faith, theater, you know, all of that. And I think this is going to be an amazing show, maybe even a surprisingly amazing show uh, to break down this movie that I asked you to watch about a year and a half ago and you finally watched. Right, right. So just as far as history, I remember the movie came out, I think, like the end of 2016. Uh, wide release like 2017. I want to see it. I was like, oh, cool. I actually watched it. You know, I know you, you know, <laughs> may not be a huge fan, well, but whatever. you know, us with uh, with uh, swollen stomachs like me, <laughs> we enjoy a little McDonald's every now and then. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I did want to see the movie because I remember, and this is so funny, I remember as a kid. There's a McDonald's. There was a McDonald's on the corner of Mac and Connor that I used to go. They they ended. They're still there, but they ended up moving it across the street. But when I was little, there was a McDonald's there, and they had this brass uh, little plaque with a, a man's face on it, and it was Ray Kroc. Wow. And I remember as a kid, I'm like, Ray Kroc. Oh, I guess he just made up the name McDonald's. I didn't right. know anything about the McDonald brothers or I didn't know any history. I just remember seeing this plaque of a picture of Ray Kroc. And I was like, who is Ray Kroc? But I was like eight. So I didn't care. Right. Exactly. Well, now it has come well rounded now that you're 78 and um, things are making sense. So let's jump right into it, man. Cause I feel like there's a lot of good stuff to kick it about this movie. So I don't know where we want to start. You know what I'm saying? You're the movie buff, you know? So so where, where do you want to start with this? You know, because I've seen it a few times. And um, again, this story is it's kind of low key savage. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might make mm-hmm. you second guess getting your cheeseburger and your milkshake today. <laughs> right. So let, let's first start off by saying spoiler alert. Oh, that's a movie thing. Spoiler warning. See, that's yeah, what I got you. Gotta you got to say here. that. That's why I got you. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay, we got it. So if anybody out there has not seen the movie, just hit pause, go take an hour and 52 minutes and watch the movie, and then come back and hit play. Or keep listening to this show and watch the movie <laughs> as if you got prophesied. It to, like, you just going to watch it like you just know it. Like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. It's your choice, but you know we about to talk about this movie at the end of the day. Definitely, definitely. So after a few years of not seeing the movie, I was going to go watch it on Netflix. They pulled it off of Netflix. So, But if you do want to see the movie, you can just kind of go to um, your Roku or Fire Stick or whatever and just do a search. It'll, it'll come up somewhere. But um, we watched it last night, and uh, it, was a, it was a great movie as far as production, the acting, the story, the format, and... Uh, it was just, it was just really, really a, a excellent movie. And it's, would you say, how, how much percent? Because I know you, 
you're not the type of person to just watch a movie that's based on a true story and just let it go. So I'm sure you did some type of research. So usually when they say based on a true story, usually it's about 60% accurate. Right. A little over half. They just take like the the basic thing and just kind of go from there. How accurate, based on your research, and I'm prophesying right now, ha, 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 Shondo. <laughs> 90 percent i would say definitely based on everything i've read and, and researched about this and, and i almost feel like 90 is conservative because um they're just small little nuances from reality to the movie um that are changed but nothing that i've read is detrimental to the storyline or will greatly change your opinion or the things we'll talk about just some minor details that they changed for the movie um, but for the most part, man, I would say 90% from what I've seen, this is a pretty accurate uh, depiction of the truth. Um, so yeah, take it as a grain of salt. I, I, I agree with that. But, you know, I, I can't, it's very hard to agree with you. So I'm going to say 91%. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> but my wife, like, when she sees a movie that's based on a true story, she always goes immediately online to like 17 sources and tries to piece it together. Because she literally thinks she's a detective. Like, I'm not even joking. Well, I I believe you. Yeah, I I believe you. (laughs) So, all right. So, yeah. Okay, so the story, right? You want to go into the story. Okay, so. Wherever you want to go, we good. All right, all right. So, let's let's get a basic outline of the story. So, there are two brothers, the McDonald brothers, and they opened up a, a McDonald's restaurant. They, at one point, tried to franchise it. It didn't work out. So, they were content with having this one shop, um, you know, fast food. It, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first fast food restaurant. Bernardino. Yes, California. And um, they had this shop, and what people were used to back then, and this was in the 50s, what people were used to were restaurants out, you know, where you would pull up in your car, a waitress would come to your car, take your order, go in, prepare it, and then maybe 30 to 45 minutes later, they would bring your order out to your car. But they had it set up with such a intricate system, and, and you really got to see the movie, the way they had it flowing and popping. Like, they were producing hamburgers within 30 seconds. So you can walk up to the window, put your order in, and less than a minute later, you would have a hamburger, french fries and a drink so they like really really did a a a fabulous job of uh marketing that that one restaurant to have fast food quick food families that were traveling and maybe the mother didn't have time to cook or whatnot so they were just you know yeah uh so so let me say this let me say this okay Mm -hmm. because i like that right so it's like because i want to unpack it so you got right there you got like, cause it's hard for us. You got to take your mind out of the McDonald's, you know. Back then, right. in the fifties, fast food was like, "Whoa, what are they doing? Like, what is this? Like, oh my, my food is ready. Like, what you mean? I just ordered it. It's it's ready in thirty seconds. So, mm-hmm. what the McDonald's brothers had created, number one, it was something innovative. It, it's like mm-hmm. now I want you to just think about how common fast food is for us today. Like, they literally gave the blueprint for fast food. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you gave that perspective because we're so used to fast food now that we get irritated if we don't have our food within a few minutes. Exactly. We looking like, bro, what's really going on? Cause. But okay, so you got they they invent this concept of fast food in an, in an environment where that wasn't the norm, down to the point where they tried to franchise it, meaning they tried to have other locations that were directly modeled after theirs. I think they went to Arizona and it didn't work. So let's just see this is why I like this movie. The first franchise McDonald's did not work. Can you hard, hard to believe <laughs> seeing that there's a McDonald's every mile. <laughs> exactly. So we got McDonald's on every street in the world, it seems like. But yet in the beginning it didn't work. So like that's why one of the first things I want to tell people is like, because what we're doing is we're like unpacking this almost in reverse because you already know McDonald's. You gotta think like. What ideas has has God given you or allowed you to create that didn't work the first time and you gave up you gave up on it? Wow. Like, oh, that didn't work. I tried that. It doesn't work. So sometimes you gotta try again. So all right, go ahead, Lavelle. You know, I'm I'm just gonna jump in as it, you know what I'm saying? I it's a lot to unpack yeah. here, so my bad. But Right, right. You know, that was that was excellent. And um and, and so the thing was that they were content with the one because they did try a couple of times to franchise it and, and have other locations. It didn't work out. So they were content with the one. They said, we'll just work this one. This will be our focus. And we'll just do this until, until we can't do it anymore. Right. So now going to your point, um, sometimes we do that, you know, we'll try something and then we'll get lax. We'll get uh, complacent. Thank you Within for saying what that. We're doing. Thank you for saying that. Because I was gonna say, mm -hmm. I think sometimes we use the word content when, and, and there are different dynamics to content. So I'm not saying you were wrong using it, but I think sometimes we use the word content when we really should use the word complacent. Like they were mm -hmm. complacent with the one, because mm -hmm. when you're content with something, it means you're okay with all that you have, meaning I'm okay. I've maxed myself out and I'm okay with that. Right. So it's okay. like, Hey Lord, I, I did everything you told me to do. And I reached every single person I was supposed to reach with inspire God's people. If that was 10 people or 10,000, I'm content, but complacent would be, Oh, you had the ability to reach thousands of people. Like it was within your reach. It was within the will of God for you to reach thousands of people but you were too lazy to upload the episode to YouTube, mm. right, which I'm you know, speaking I, to myself. I, I almost, I almost forgot that um, I was talking to the co-author of the book of Philippians. <laughs> you, <laughs> that's my favorite book, man. It is, but but you know what I'm saying? It's like at the end of the day, they were complacent with the one because we know, like just from seeing McDonald's now, there was more they could have done. But these McDonald mm -hmm. brothers were complacent. Like, can you do like do us a favor and just from a personality perspective, de describe the characteristic, the character or personalities of the McDonald's brothers as you saw it from the movie, from the acting at least. Yeah. Okay. So there were two brothers. 
Uh, one was more easygoing than the other one. The other one was a little more strict, a little more hard. But amazingly, that didn't balance them out. And normally, that would balance out. Like if right. you have somebody that's, that's uh, more, you know, easygoing and then somebody that's hard, you know, that's like really hardcore, usually that balances out. But that didn't work for them, ironically. Yeah, um, that's they, and, and I love that word you use, complacent, as opposed to content. They, they, they got complacent. Now, usually, when you have those two different type of personalities, they'll end up like opposite sides of a, of a magnet and push each other into doing something more. But it did not work for them. And they, like you said, they got complacent. So, yeah, one of them was a very kind of easygoing, nice guy. The other one was a little more stern. And they ran their, that one McDonald's shop. They ran it to perfection. They did not take any uh, failures. They didn't. No short, They didn't let no people relax long. Yeah, no shortcuts. Yeah. Right, right. And you know what? Yeah, so, they had they had other businesses too. So like they were mm-hmm. successful businessmen because remember they picked that McDonald's up and moved it across town. Like they <laughs> they were super successful from a maybe more localized standpoint. Like, they had mm-hmm. the goods. These were dudes that, to Lavelle's point, like, their personalities was a little too lax. Maybe for the business world, they weren't, like, they were nice guys. And sometimes when you're a nice person, you don't know how to balance that with the realities of the world. Like, wow, how do I go out and conduct business? I'm nice. I only know how to be mm-hmm. nice. So that was the McDonald mm-hmm. brothers. So then we had, you know, your boy Michael Keaton. <laughs> Your boy he was Michael. excellent. Like he, I yeah. mean, everybody, the acting in the whole movie was excellent. But Michael Keaton, like, he really, and from my understanding, I was reading up a little bit, and um, he watched hours and hours of footage of the real Ray Kroc, and, and they even specifically said it's footage that's not even available on the Internet. They made a point to say that. Wow. That the, uh, they let him watch a lot of footage of the real Ray Kroc so that he can get his timing, he could get his pace, he could get his character like down packed, and they and did he nailed it? Like, he, he, he did excellent. a good job. He did a good job with that to me. So you had Michael yeah. Michael Keaton, and he did so good. You said you said Kenya was mad. Like your wife was walking around the house mad at Michael Keaton for about two hours. Uh, yes, she was. She was very very angry when that movie went off. Uh, <laughs> like, like literally, like, I'm not even joking. We we, we watched it kind of late last night, so it, it it was like one in the morning when it went off. She had to be had to get up for work at seven. We talked for about an hour after the movie went off with her just venting how mad she was about the way he handled it. <laughs> that is hilarious. So y'all see, like, when you see this movie, like how savage Ray Kroc was, but he gave us McDonald's. This is why I wanted to talk yeah. about this because it's like the dynamics of it are crazy. But Michael Keaton comes in like now I'm, I'm curious from your perspective because Michael Keaton comes in. He comes into the picture he as a salesperson in the movie. He was a milkshake salesperson. Uh, Ray Kroc was. I'm not sure if he was really a milkshake salesperson, but that was how they introduced him coming, um, trying to sell some milkshakes to McDonald's. And they ordered like six machines, and he like, yo, nobody ordered six machines. So he drove up route, uh, route sixty six and went down to San Bernardino to this McDonald's location, and they like welcomed him right in. So I'm just curious from your perspective, 
just from the introduction of like them letting my man like come all through their restaurant and all of that, like how did you view that? Okay, well let's let's go back a little bit to to his character Ray Kroc. Now, now I think this is very important to note. He was already in his fifties. Woo! You're right. Go ahead. He was already in his fifth. I think he was fifty-four or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was that. around fifty-four years old. Selling. So milkshake. this guy was selling milkshake machines, and and and, and he actually did. And I run now. They didn't deal with this in the movie, but he actually tried to start up some other franchises. But they didn't work. Okay. So, but the way they portrayed him in the movie was good because it showed that he had a tenacity because he kept getting turned down. Everywhere he took this this new innovative milkshake machine, you know, everybody turned him down. Nobody wanted to buy it. Nobody went. But he kept going. He kept being persistent uh, to the point where his wife was upset because he wasn't even at home most of the time. He was out trying to to, to make a living to sell, sell these machines. So when his secretary, when he called his secretary and she said that some people wanted to order six, he didn't even believe it. He said, oh, no, you got that wrong. Give me their number. Let me call. So he called them apologizing, saying, oh, my secretary got it wrong. She said that you wanted to order six machines. <laughs> and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. We need eight. That's crazy. <laughs> And, and like, let's look at that, cause, cause that point you made about his age, fifty four years old. Think about this, right? We live in a society where people will turn thirty and think it's the end. Like, yo, I'm thirty. Like, life is over. Like, I don't know what to do. And don't get into forty or fifty, right? So, at the end of the day, we have again McDonald's that you know of today. The person who made it possible and brought it to the rest of the world didn't even get involved in the business until he was 54 that particular business at 54 years old if you're selling milkshake machines no offense to nobody out there selling milkshake machines because you might be making a lot of money now the world is a lot different but if you're driving up and down the street selling milkshake machines in the 50s at 54 i don't think that qualifies as the most successful person in the world So we just want y'all to know that like God's timing for your life. And I'm not trying to like make it like, oh, this was God's timing. God allowed it, though. You know what I'm saying? God gifted him as savage as he may have been. Um, Uh At 54, he was able to still innovate. So you still have time. Don't let the enemy make you think it's over with or you looking at your age because everybody on social media, you know, like, oh, they killing it at 29. You don't know what you're going to do with your life when you're 30. It's it's okay. You're going to be all right. Just keep selling milkshakes. Uh, brother, it, it, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, people who give up thinking that it's the, it's the end at 30. You mentioned my um my degree. I actually didn't get my degree until I was in my 30s. Wow. I, I never knew that, actually. When I, yeah. When I went back to – it's a long story. This ain't the show ain't about me. but yeah, um, I. Not. <laughs> when I when I graduated high school, I went to community college, but I was playing around. I was just not doing what I was supposed to do, and I ended up. It took me, it took me like almost twelve years to get my associate's degree. Hey, I went so to I, community college I too. I just went to school in the community. Right, <laughs> right, and I and nothing against community college. I thank God, like like Wayne County Community College. I 
I, no, I I'm not talking about community college. Just, I'm talking about walking up and down the street. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Community make it, of hard knocks. Right. I wouldn't take in the shot at people who go to community college. I wouldn't care if you go to an online school. Uh, uh, well, training, like whatever you do, is edu- education is education. So Lavelle didn't get his yeah, degree absolutely. until he was dang near sixty years old. That's what we came with. Right. So <laughs> you have that whole point. To your point, right? You it took you a while to get your associates. Um, this degree that you have, you didn't get it until you were in your thirties. And don't mm-hmm. we can't let age define us. That that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. But I want to get your thoughts. So, like, once Michael Keaton comes or Ray Kroc comes into the picture for the McDonald brothers, what I'm curious of from you is do you think they made a mistake by letting him come close to them and see their business? And I'm asking you to, this for this reason. Let me give this perspective. Okay. If, if Ray Kroc doesn't get involved with McDonald's, there's those brothers were not going to expand it. McDonald's was going to be one location for the rest of life. And that would have been it. Ray Kroc comes in in the picture and he makes McDonald's what it is. But as y'all see, as we talk through the story, it doesn't benefit the brothers in a way that it benefited him. So I'm asking you this question. Do you think they should have closed the door on Ray Kroc or how do you view that part? Uh, that is a loaded question. I know it so, is. So, okay, let, let me let me say this. Let, let me let me put it in a, in a in a little perspective. So, when he got there to give them the eight machines that they bought, he was amazed at what he saw. Yeah. Like he literally was standing there. He couldn't believe it. And when he he walked up and ordered before he even told them who he was, he walked up and he ordered a burger and fries. And within 30 seconds, they handed it to him. He's like, what is this? I, I just ordered. <laughs> and they're like, this is your food. Right. He's like, well, where do I eat it? It's like, anywhere you want. You can take it home, eat it in your car, eat it, standing up, whatever. Because there were no plates or anything. It literally was, everything was wrapped up. And this was new. And I thought to most people, this sounds strange, but you got to understand in the 50s, this wasn't of the norm. Like, this didn't happen. Yeah. So he was literally amazed. And when they saw him, they came in and they gave him this full tour of their facility and how everything worked. And he was literally amazed at what happened. So, so are you going to answer the question? Stop being <laughs> diplomatic and telling us, I want to know, do you think they should have let him in there or not? In hindsight. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Again, it's hard to answer. In hindsight, I want to say no, but again, if, if that hadn't happened, they would not be who they, their name would not be out as it is today. Um, and see, I wow. think, I think, since you're so scared to answer it, because it, it's such a, it, I know, it's a challenging. I know the crop. Right. It's a challenging <laughs> thing. I'll, I'll say it this way. What we have to realize is that, well, this is what it made me think. And I will, I will respect different people's opinions. If somebody feels like, nope, he shouldn't have went in there, you know, blah, blah, blah. They should have protected their investment or whatever, whatever. But here's the problem. You can be holding on to a million dollars worth of gold, right? Or gold coins or something and not doing anything with it. Living in a box, like living in poverty because you're just hoarding the million dollars of gold coins and you don't intend to do anything with it. And then someone comes mm-hmm. along 
who wants to put the million dollar coins to work. Like they want to actually utilize those things. What it made me think of from a personal perspective is never underutilize your gift to the point that someone else could come and take it from you and do better with it than you can. Mm. So I took it that way personally. It's like McDonald's brothers. How is it that you had this gift, this multi-billion dollar gift, and you, not not that you weren't able, right? Because it's not a matter of ability. They were bright guys. Not that you were not able to to maximize your gift but you were too complacent to even try or you you Mm. weren't persistent enough because you tried one time and failed and then it was like all right i give up so that's how i took it and i know that could be a controversial answer if you see the movie but that's how i took it no i i agree i agree um yeah i think the the sin if you want to call it that, wasn't Make it spiritual, that they God. let him in. It was that they were complacent. So that means that anybody that came in was going to end up doing that to them. Yeah, anybody who came in and saw the opportunity, it was it was always going to end bad for them because of them. They literally couldn't get out of their own way, at least in that regard. Now, keep in mind, this doesn't justify none of Ray Kroc's actions. And that's why I love this movie and the dynamics of talking about it because it'll sound like, okay, yeah, you're on Ray Kroc's side. No, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. But it's just that I can look at it and say, man, like, again, the thing that that can't leave me is, let's take Inspire God's people. Like, this is Mm -hmm. something that God gave me. This This is my baby. This is my purpose. For you, it's Neil Down Productions, right? Wouldn't it be horrible for you if I came in and found a way to maximize Neil Down Productions, but in a way where you didn't even benefit off of it, but I became a billionaire? But it still was called Neil Down Productions, and that is your name on it. Mm. Wow. You you know what I thought about? So, and I, I don't know how personal you want to get with your audience, but uh, Not I know all. you. <laughs> I don't want to get personal at all, so I, I can tell from the question. Go ahead, say what you're going to say, though. I I remember you were promoting your music. You are a Christian who is a rapper, and you're amazing, and I remember you were, you were promoting your music, and there was a, a particular station that you sent your music to, and they messaged you back and basically said that your message was too Christian. This was a Christian station. It was a radio promotion company, actually. It wasn't a station. It was the company that promotes to the stations. And they worked Mm -hmm. with, like, um, that company at the time, at least, um, worked with, like, I guess, Mary Mary, Lecrae. They had worked with some major artists. I might have mentioned that on the show before. Yeah, so, yeah, they... They sent me basically a, a message back that like my, my the message in my music wasn't for radio. All right, now let's let, let's build a time machine, go back to that moment, and look at the alternate realities that could have happened. You could have said, you know what, I'm gonna dumb down my music, 
take the message of Christ out, and then maybe they will play it, promote it, and I'll become whatever, right? Or you could have said, oh, no, they didn't, they didn't care for my music. Maybe nobody does. I'll just give up. Those are two alternate realities. Yep. But let's look at the real, actual reality. You said, you know what? I'm going to produce my own music. I'm going to fund my music myself so that I can give the message that I want to give, and I'm going to do it myself. I you hooked it. up with Red. Y'all began to produce music, and now you are a successful Christian rapper, gospel rapper. I don't know the Christian term, rapper is cool, but whatever. I, I don't get it. Christian it don't bother rapper. me either way. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm so when, when I look back at the McDonald's brothers and Ray Kroc, there was balance that needed to be had on both sides. Because my wife made a point that was really good. She said she doesn't think he started off with bad intention. At all. That's a great point. He didn't come in there in that, in, with those milkshakes with the intention to take something from them. And he tried several times to convince them, like, hey, let's work together. And what happened was when they started working together, they wanted to slow down. They literally wanted to slow down. They didn't like his ambition. They didn't think it was going to work. And he eventually found a way to own the real estate that the buildings were sitting on. And when it came down to it, that real estate um, was where the real money and ownership of the McDonald's was at. So, but I think you make a good point. Like the point you were making about my music and stuff, the way I take that, it's about ownership. And so mm -hmm. if I'm the McDonald's brothers and I know I'm just going to only have one location forever, then I'm going to make sure I own it. And that was one yeah. of their biggest mistakes is like, and so my thing is like with my music, right? I could have some company come to me and say, hey, change your message and this, this, and this could happen. Well, for me, number one, that's not my goal. Like my goal isn't to just be like, I don't really, I don't even like the spotlight enough to want to be a traveling full-time artist. That's not my goal. I do travel to do music um, a couple times a year, maybe. Um, I, I prefer quality over quantity, but it doesn't mm -hmm. fit. That's the purpose. That's the whole point of having goals. So like if something doesn't fit in my goals, then I could say no. But what I'm not going to do is then leave my music catalog open for translation and anybody can own it. It's like, nope, this is my stuff. You, you can't right. take it and go make billions of dollars off of it. Either I'm going to do it or nobody's going to do it. So I think that ownership right. is a, is a huge piece. And so, yeah. Yeah, okay, so 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 now there was a there was a very pivotal moment in that movie. Because as the story goes, they ended up signing this contract with Ray Kroc and he was doing all the work. But the contract stated that everything had to go through them. Yeah. Everything he did had to go through them. And I think he was getting one point nine percent of the gross. That was his pay, but then they got a half of a percent of that which means he was getting 1.4% of the gross, but he was doing all the work. Yeah. But it got to the point that all that work he was doing, all the, the McDonald's that he was, was opening up and pushing, it still wasn't enough money for him because he wasn't making that much money. 
Right. So he called them and said, look, we're, the restaurants are doing good. Let's up the percent that, that I make and, and he said, and that you make. Yeah. And they said, no, it's not about the money for us. And that, I think, was the pivotal moment where he felt like wow. he needed to break away from them. Because they were, again, they were complacent with what they had. And they did not want to look greedy or, or whatever, which I'm, their intentions were good. I'm going to say something that might. This, <laughs> this might make some people. Um, should I say it? I, I'll say it like this. Y'all know me. Y'all love me. They, the McDonald's brothers, and this is really one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this. They remind me of Christians. Like when I was watching the show, I was like, at least from how they're being depicted, like they come off like us Christians to me. And like, follow me on what I, what I mean by this. Good people, right? You know, seem like they had high levels of character, talented, but struggled to balance. And the key word is balance. Struggled to balance business and faith. And that's why this show is about balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Because I think as Christians, sometimes we don't know how to critically think through business because we're so used to over spiritualizing everything. And there comes a times like now we, we over spiritualize stuff like in moments and then sometimes we don't. So, so here's, here's an example of a time that we don't over-spiritualize something. If it starts pouring down raining, you mm-hmm. never over-spiritualize grabbing your umbrella. You just get it out the car. You don't try to get out there and be like, hold on, like, wait a minute, I believe in it. We're going to stop this rain. No, it's like, you just grab an umbrella and umbrella like everyone else, right? But right. when it comes to business, we don't, we don't approach it like solve, see a problem, solve a problem, you know, now again, as long as it doesn't contradict your Christianity, that's totally different. Right. But for them right. to be Absolutely. in business with a restaurant selling food and to think that they're doing people a favor by not taking their fair share of the money, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous to me. Yeah. It's just not yeah. good business to say, hey, I'm a Christian. Imagine if Inspire Guys people. I signed some major deal and let's say it's a multi-million dollar deal, right? $13 million mm-hmm. deal. And I'm like, you know what? For me, Lavelle, and you like, AJ, like I'm recording this show with you. We doing this show. Listen, bro. I, I, I think I deserve a million. Like, I think I, I think I can get that. And I'm like, you know what? For me, it's not about the money, Lavelle. But the problem mm-hmm. is somebody's making that money. It's a deal. It's right. a business. And so you're just giving that money away and you could be taking that and making sure it goes towards, give it to your church, give it to help the homeless. But by all means, there's nothing wrong with taking money that you've earned. It's not even taking, receiving money that you've earned. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's, that was a really good point about how we do sometimes as Christians. But we have to be very careful, saints of God. And, and please, do not misconstrue what we're saying. We are not saying be greedy, go out there and get everything you can, step on people to get where you can. That's not what we're saying at all. 
what we're saying is, you know, there's a scripture that says that the, the, the workman is worthy of his hire. Yeah. Um, if you're doing the work and you have a job, you deserve to get paid. I work for Marriott, you know, every week. I expect to get paid. I don't say, oh, no, it's okay. It was, you know, it's just my reasonable service. <laughs> it's uh, not about the money for me. Money in. Right. It's Meanwhile, about the lights money, getting you know. turned off and water, water right. getting turned off, your wife hungry. It ain't about the money, exactly. sweetheart. And, and you know where that comes from? It comes from the <laughs> this, this word may vex a few people, but it comes from Gnosticism. The Gnostics believe, and if they were, they, we had the Gnostics back in Jesus' day, and they believed that you had to punish yourself for everything, that you had to take the low road on everything, and we have, have engrafted that mentality into our lifestyles in, in the guise of being humble, or as my wife yeah. says, humble. <laughs> humble. I call it fake Keep humble. It. Humble. Fumble. Woo, you dropped the ball. My God. Well, we preach it. No, and look, I, I wanna I wanna say I wanna stay there just for a second, because I think that is something we struggle with as believers, right? And I've been there. Uh -huh. Like I know the feeling um of that type of struggle. The problem is you're better off not entering the business world if that's the case. Now, keep in mind, uh -huh. I'm not saying you should be Ray Kroc. Like, when you see this movie, you're going to be like, oh, what is Jay talking about? Like, Ray Kroc is a savage. And by no means, the reason I'm focusing on the McDonald's brothers more than Ray Kroc is because, A, I feel like they were in control to start this off, and they lost control. And number two, like I said, they have the character, at least as depicted in the movie, as what I believe a lot of Christians struggle with in business. We struggle with charging people um, any type of fees. It's, it's weird to me because it absolutely doesn't make sense. Because the point you just made, we don't have a problem receiving money when it's someone else's business. So it's like, as long right. as we don't earn, own the business, yeah, you go to work, you want your money, you'll probably be in. Now all of a sudden you lose your salvation, you're cussing people out and everything. But when it comes to something right. that you own, there's this guilt that people feel. It's, it's like survivor's remorse. You feel good because something you worked at is being blessed. And I just want to tell people out there, do not allow this to happen to you. Now, we don't want to push you to the other extreme. And now you're greedy and you're just trying to get over on people uh, for money. No, there is fair pricing, fair negotiation. There are fair, you know, when you're doing a deal with someone, they deserve a portion of that. So, so it's about being fair, but it's also about not being uncomfortable receiving a blessing. Okay, so I'm going to say this. I'm going to have a transparent moment here. Um, I've done a lot of plays, mostly Christian plays. And I, I'll be honest. I'm going to be honest. I always felt bad when they paid. I know that sounds ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds crazy. But it was that that, it is. that humble mentality. It's like, oh, you know. But I took the money. But I did feel like I felt a certain way about it. I don't know how to describe it. But I would do the play, and they would pay me, and I would get the money. I'd be like, okay, wow. But on the flip side of that, when I did my play and I had to pay my people, I did not have a problem paying them. I made sure that they got their money. And I was so resolved to make sure that everybody that worked with me and for me got paid 
that if it meant, like, if, if the play didn't do good, which it did, thank God, if it didn't do good, I would have made sure they got paid out of my money because I know how it feels to be a Christian actor in Christian gospel plays and be told that you're going to get paid and you don't get paid and you're expecting that money, you don't get it. So I did not have a problem paying the people that worked for me. And, and let me ask you this. Do it go beyond having a problem? Like, did you actually feel good about paying them? I did. I truly did. I cannot even describe. And the funny thing, Jeray, is when I gave most of them the money, I saw myself in them. A lot of them felt bad, like, oh, wow, thank you. It was almost like they were, most of them weren't even expecting it. Because they believed in what you were doing. And, and sometimes, right. here, here's the thing we got to understand as Christians. Sometimes by not trying to worship money, we worship money. Like mm. you, because you're valuing it as so high that it's like, oh no, don't give. It would almost be like if if you gave me a ride to the grocery store and I gave you my grandmother's precious rubies, you'd be looking like, oh my god, I'm not worthy. Like this is your grandmother's precious rubies. Like what I've done for you doesn't deserve this. And sometimes we treat money like that. We're like, oh no, who me? The 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 sixty hours that I put in. Uh, rehearsing and, and coming and coming to get the lines right for your for your play. No, I don't deserve this five hundred dollars. No way. But yes, you do. Like the money, right. the money isn't more valuable than your time. It's something that I've been getting more comfortable with money through the last few years. And I tell people, put money in its proper place. If you treat money like a like a teenager, tell it to go in the room when it got to go in the room. Tell it to go sit over in this account when they got to sit. Tell it to get over here. Like, we just have to control our money and not let it control us. But the reason why I asked you, were you happy when you paid them, was because when you don't allow people to pay you when it's the other way around, you rob them of that joy. So that person is getting being blessed and satisfied that they were able to put on a production and to be able to pay you and you rob them of that when you don't allow it. Now I've been in the same way when I travel and do music, um, you know, music is different than like speaking cause speaking is just me. But when I'm doing music and it's like, you get, you get people that don't want to pay something or whatever. I tell people in a minute, listen, I'll take care of my guys. I go, I roll with the same guys everywhere I go. And if we like, if we can't take care of them, I can't do it because now, again, for me, I, I really pass that along to them, like because it's important to me that they feel taken care of. It's important yeah, to me that yeah. they feel like, yo, you know, we are getting something out of being with J. Will Music. And so, yeah, man, right. you don't want to rob people of that. Um, and then it's interesting you said that, man. This literally just happened last week. Mm-hmm. A very good friend of mine, I, I text him about something that had something to do with totally something different. And uh, he texted me back. He said, man, it's amazing that you text me. He said, my wife and I wanted to bless you and your wife with, it was a very, very, very large sum of money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, and I'll be honest, I, I was not going to accept it. I, I was like, oh, no, man, I, I appreciate it, man, but I can't. No, no, thank you. And my wife looked at me and she said, Lavelle, you're a giver. 
you love giving to people and you love blessing people. And she said literally what you just said. She said, don't rob him and his wife of the opportunity to have that same feeling that you have when you bless people. And what she was also saying was, don't rob me. <laughs> no, no, that that's that's a good point. And so what, what I'm learning, Lavelle, is that when you're uncomfortable receiving money, it actually may be um, a sign of an internal issue that you're having. Something spiritually that you need. See, like, that's where that fake humility and sometimes self-righteous and pride that we have. We're patting mm -hmm. ourselves on the back because we're uncomfortable receiving a blessing when it's like, okay, well, what if when, when God told Abraham, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have this many ancestors. And what if, what if when he told Moses and, and the Joshua generation, you're going to go to the land of milk and honey? And they're, oh, no, I don't need milk. How about some tea? How about I get some tea and some salt? I don't want no... Like, so think about it like you have to be comfortable giving and receiving. And I'm sorry, man. I am comfortable receiving things that I earn. Now, what I, what I don't do is I don't rob people. And I'm not money hungry and I'm not driven by money, meaning I'll only do things for money. But I also don't let people take advantage of me anymore. Because there are people Amen. that will, will play that role with you, like, well, we just doing it. Man, I done been to churches, and they like, it's just for the Lord. And it's like, all right, I'll come yeah. over there, brother, and rap for you. And you get over there, and they do six offerings, and you're like, well, I thought it was just for the Lord. <laughs> right. You just did six offerings for the preacher. So you just got to yeah. you gotta know your value. And the McDonald's brothers, really, at the end of the day, the McDonald's brothers didn't know their value. And Ray Kroc mm -hmm. was able to swoop in, and we missed a lot of details, but there's a lot to it. Hopefully, we made it, you know, enough to where you where they would want to go listen. But what what else was you know? I'll give you kind of maybe the last word just on that movie. What would you yeah, I think say? Yeah, I think it's interesting that you said they didn't know their value because one of the things they did not deal with in the movie that I did find out really happened was Ray Kroc was not the only person that they brought in. To, to look at their uh, production. Okay. They actually brought in the guy that founded Wendy's and the guy that founded Taco Bell. Wow, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. They they let them come in and kind of look look at that, and, you know, Ooh. they ended up being competitors. <laughs> but but they... so Ray Kroc, made a, he made a statement in that movie that... My wife was so upset. I think this was what really made her see that he had changed. And again, you, you, your show is about balance, right? Yep. And what the McDonald brothers and Ray Kroc lacked was balance. 100%. None of, none of them had any balance. They were too far to one end. He was too far to the other. But again, he did not start off like that. It was just when he saw that they were complacent and were not willing to go where they were willing to go, where he was, where he wanted to go to actually make a lot of money. That was when he turned savage. And he made a statement to them. He said, if I see my competitor drowning, I will shove a hole in their mouth. That is great. Listen, look, this is the thing you got to realize when you're in business. If it's almost like, look, bruh, don't bring a toy gun 
You know what I mean? To, well, let me not use weapons. I don't want to. Listen. What, okay. Don't bring paper towel. Don't bring paper. Right. Don't bring paper towel to a fist fight. It's like don't fight me with tissue, and then I'm and then I'm hitting you with my fist. And so a lot of us as believers, we go into a world thinking I'm just going by faith. I'm just well, faith without works is dead. It's, it's going to take some. You, we have to live in reality as Christians, and a lot of Christians have a struggle with living in the reality of the world that we live in because, and it's the reason I think it's more religious than biblical because when you open the Bible, they are dealing with reality all the time. In the mm-hmm. Bible, uh, Boaz was a wealthy man. Boy, when, when Boaz went to, uh, to get Ruth, he had to negotiate with the dude who was first in line. And when, when I look at that, I'm like, this is a business transaction. Boaz knew uh-huh. he wanted to marry Ruth. He also knew that the other guy had other ambitions. He went and had uh-huh. a conversation with him. And the way it worked out is those ambitions were true. And my man was like, uh, you know what? You can have her. And Boaz got what he wanted. He had to be able to negotiate. And when you open that Bible and take your religiosity and churchiness off, and literally receive the word of God in the proper context for what it's saying, you are going to see time and time again, uh, Joseph, when, when he had, when God gave him that dream, that was a financial plan to survive mm-hmm. during a famine. And so as yeah. Christians, we have to get over this fake humility that we are somehow doing everyone a favor by just letting people yeah. run over us financially. Absolutely. And uh, I'll just end with the words of uh, we, we started off talking about how some people feel like once they turn 30, it's over by a, a very famous gentleman who um, he started about 30 years old. Uh, you may have heard of him. His name is uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, right. He made a statement in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 and 16. He says, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. If the McDonald's brothers had looked at how ambitious Ray Kroc was, how willing he was to do whatever he had to do to get whatever he wanted, then that may have been a red flag for them. 100%. That is an excellent way to put it. And me and my, me and my homeboys, man, we got this saying, cause you know, a couple of years ago, man, I had a, um, a couple of my, uh, my, uh, rap friends, the real ones, let's call them that. I, I brought them uh-huh. to the house and we watched this movie in person and um, just kicked it back and forth. And, you know, we, we kind of had this saying after watching the movie, like we say to this day, like, don't let, don't get Ray Kroc. And, and what that is, is like you can see when someone is a snake. You can see when someone wants to get close to you to try to take from you. And we'll tell each other all the time, like, don't get Ray Kroc. Because, and, and that's not just, that's not just about, not letting someone take advantage of you. It's also a sign and a reminder to you to make sure you're working your faith. 
and that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Now, I want to go back to something real quick. I know we done, but, you know, it's like at church when you close and it's still going. <laughs> when they let Ray Kroc step foot in that restaurant, you said something earlier. They didn't just give him the blueprint for McDonald's. They gave Wendy's and Taco Bell the blueprint, too. So think about this. Now, 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 let me say this. When it ended, at least the way it was in the movie, and I'm not sure if the finances went that way or not, the McDonald's brothers walked away. They were supposed to get a million dollars. Did they actually get that money or no? They did. They, did. they didn't get that, the 1% that he promised uh, the to be royalty. a hand state. Yes. Yeah, the world. So imagine this. And I think, I, think I've ta- I think I've talked about this in a smaller uh, way on a segment or something on this show before, because I said something like, um, don't accept a million dollars for a billion dollar idea or, or something to the extent of like a, a million dollars is a lot of money, but not for a billion dollar idea. I said something like that recently. I mean, I said something like that. Um, and I was reminded of it recently. I think, uh, Danita actually posted that on Facebook or something like that. So okay. here, here's my point. Okay. My point at the end of the day is, because they didn't know their value and they walk away mm-hmm. with a million dollars, their family legacy gets nothing. Their grandkids get nothing. They, these people literally last name is McDonald's. His name is right. Rock, And he's the one right. that had the money and, and the legacy of McDonald's. But here's the most dangerous thing to me. God had gifted them. And, and I'm, I'm saying that because God allows it. God gave us the ability to create when he, when we were made in his image mm-hmm. in the beginning, mm-hmm. God created the heaven and the earth, right? He created. And so they created the system for fast food, got nothing for it, but literally gave the, t- the blueprint to three of the top fast food restaurants of all time. So yeah. imagine being so brilliant. Imagine being so talented, so skilled, but you don't know it. But you got Wendy's in your mm-hmm. mind. You got McDonald's. You got Taco. They indirectly created those three fast food chains. Came from those mm-hmm. men idea. And look at all the fast food chains we know and love today that literally took what McDonald's created and made billions of dollars. They created the fast food industry and literally have nothing to show for it. If if their grandkids walked into a McDonald's right now, they would have to pay. Wow, that that is amazing to me. So so what we're talking about is protect your legacy. Don't be greedy. Mm-hmm. Don't go after things that you don't deserve or you haven't earned. But don't mm-hmm. let someone just take from you what's yours. Man, it's, it's interesting you said that. Um, toward the end of the movie, after he bought them out. And he bought them out hard. Like the little restaurant that they had, they couldn't even use the name McDonald's on it anymore. Ooh. But when he bought them out, they were um, him and um, one of the brothers were, were in the restroom, and, and the brother asked, "He said, I got a question for you." He said, "The day we met and gave you the tour, we showed you everything, the whole system, all of our secrets. We were open book." He said, "Why didn't you just steal it?" And Ray Kroc looked at him and said something very interesting. He said, it's not just the system. He said, you don't even understand it. He said, it's the name. 
Man. He said, nobody's going to eat at a restaurant called Croc. He said, but McDonald's has this ring. He said, it's the next. In other words, it was all. They, they, thought, they thought that they needed him. Yep. But in reality, he needed them. He needed them. They had the name. They had the system. Listen, sometimes you have everything you need. And you're still asking for more instead of just working what you got. Like, that, if you don't take anything else from this, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I want you to work what you got now, Lavelle. This is why I think this is important. Now, we, ain't, we ain't even talking about the movie right now. But the reason I think this is important is because while we're in this quarantine and all this stuff, there are a million excuses that we can have. But you could be sitting on McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell. There's an idea that you have. There's something that you have. And your only job is to work it. Just like the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. It doesn't matter if you only got one talent or two or five talents. It's not the quantity, but it's the quality of your work that you need to be concerned about. Wow. Amen. Would you, would you mind if we had a word of prayer? No problem, brother. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we lift up your people before you right now. Father, the people that are listening to this show right now have multiple gifts, multiple talents that you placed in each one of them. And we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would stir up the gift that you have placed within them in the name of Jesus. Lord, this has been a rough year so far. Before we went into it, we all were saying 2020 was the year of vision. And as soon as the year started, we got hit. A major basketball personality was tragically killed in the first month. And then a month after that, this virus hit God. And Lord, I don't believe that you sent the virus, but I do know that you work all things together for your glory. And Father, there are some people that you may have just had to sit down, to take a pause, to take a break from the busy busyness of life, to accomplish your purpose in them. Lord, I believe that you have given us the desires of our hearts. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you will begin to activate businesses, that you will begin to activate ministries, that you will begin to activate plays and movies and CDs and books and poetry, God, in your people right now, businesses, in the name of Jesus, God. That during this time of quarantine, God, that you would give people a clear vision to go forth and do what you have called them to do, God. Stir up the gift in us. Give us a direct plan. That when we come out of this, the church will be able to go forth and do what you have called us to do. We ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Guys, people, thank you so much for tuning in to the show. Lavelle, thank you for jumping in and uh, having a great conversation about this movie that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time with this brother who has a degree in theater and he loves to act a fool. Y'all have a great day. <laughs>
God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. Inspire God's People. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.